0: In those moments when you feel, I wonder if I'm the only one who, you never are.
1: Mm.
0: Never are. And it might feel like that and it might actually be the reality of your immediate social situation, family situation, echo chamber of whoever you surround yourself with. But there's this beautiful worldwide web that I started to entertain and play with even back in the chat rooms of like (laughs) the early 2000s (laughs) where – Anytime that you feel like you're alone, you're never really alone. Anytime that you feel like you're the only one who, you're never really the only one who.
1: Welcome to the Inner BS Podcast. We are action takers, rule breakers, and change makers. We rebel against the status quo and pave our own way. We are unapologetic in our claim of wealth, freedom, and pleasure. We are spiritual beings first and human beings second. We are soul-led service providers designing our own future. I'm your host, Jessica Zeinstra. I believe our world needs a revolution. I believe service providers can be the ones who bring it. Hello. I am so giddy and I'm so excited, Giselle, that you are here today. First of all, um, I want to preface this by saying I admire you so much, and I love the way that you have this uncanny, and it's not even uncanny, but you have this beautiful ability to show up so authentically online. And I know that word authenticity gets tossed around a lot, but you can see it and you can feel it when somebody is truly showing up with their heart and showing up as their their true self. And you can feel that from you. So I so admire you, and I'm so excited to see where this conversation goes. And I know that your gems of wisdom are just going to help so many people, and I can't wait for my audience to get to know you better. And for those of you in my audience who don't know Giselle, you need to get to know Giselle. Um, So I'm really, really, really excited for this conversation. And I like to start every single podcast out. This is the Inner BS Podcast, where we talk about our inner bullshit stories So the first question that I ask everybody is, I know I've had lots of inner BS kind of like call to action moments in my life where I had these crazy stories coming up and it was like a make or break it moment. And I had to decide if I was going to allow this bullshit story to continue running my life or if I was going to change the narrative. So I would love to, to ask you if there was one particular moment in your life where you had this inner bullshit story and you decided to change the narrative and maybe what that story was and how it affected your, your life and and your growth and, and yeah, all the oh things.
0: My goodness, all the things. So many Well, <laughs> first of all, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. What you said about me, I very much feel about you. And there was a quote that I read in Melinda Gates' book, A Moment of Lift, where she said, you don't meet a great friend, you recognize her. Mm-hmm. And I very much feel that in so many of the different relationships that I've created from social media. I've never squeezed you in real life before. And yet I feel like, like I know you and I know that you feel the same way. So thank you so much for that. And as for the the inner BS, I mean, my goodness, so, so many different ones come to mind. But the one that's most present right now in my life and in my relationship is ultimately having to uncover the fact that um, where I have done so much work on my heart and have wanted to find a partner. Because I am very much the high performer, the independent woman that I don't need a man, but I would love to have a partner. Um, you know, I've I've found that despite all of the different work that I've done, that when I get to the end of it. I am my biggest enemy of my heart. And as much as I can do the work of putting myself out there and preparing myself to be this great person and, you know, let's drink less, let's work less, let's love more, let's love harder, let's love without expectation. um, Having to really figure out that no one else is the enemy except for myself Mm -hmm. and, and having to really figure out what that looks like. And a lot of times what that looks like is stories that I'm telling myself in my head or even muscle memory that I'm that I'm finding out. So I'll even dig into that if you'd like where the story I tell myself is I have been in a lot of different relationships where for whatever reason my partner cannot handle conflict well or my partner cannot handle my ambition very well. And so what ends up happening, because I've had previous experiences where maybe it leads to argument or abandonment, I then trick myself into believing that every future scenario will be that way. And it starts out with a knot in my belly or a weight on my chest or shutting down and not speaking up for myself or just going with whatever flow that my partner will present for themselves. And it took me having to, it actually was a journaling moment where I was like, okay, so if this is how I I keep presenting the story to myself of how it's always been, how is it supposed to be? And I've taken that exercise into pieces of my business, into my friendships, into my own development of self-love, where, for example, there was one afternoon where I had planned a date night for a previous significant other. And he had had just like a shitstorm of a day, like lost a client, knew he was going to get laid off. Like you could just tell. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's going to cancel the date. He's going to break up with me. He's going to shut down. He's not gonna let me in. He's like all of these different things running. Yeah. So then I I pulled out my journal and I'm like, okay, if this was a healthy relationship, which perhaps in that moment I didn't know what healthy was or it had been so long since I had been there. Like if this was a healthy relationship, if this was the relationship that I desire, if this is the relationship of my dreams, how would this scenario play out? And I very in detail went into it. Well, he would text me this. He would call me this. When he would show up, he would light up and think, okay, I'm home. I'm with her. Because I have her, because I have the partnership that we have, I know that I'll get through whatever the fuck this is. You know, I, I he'll you know, wrap me in his arms and we'll talk about it and and he'll feel vulnerable enough to feel or to cry and and we'll be able to get through it together. And he'll just see me and know like, It's going to be more than okay. Yeah. And I remember I was like halfway through that visualization and I just got down my knees in my kitchen and just started sobbing. And that was also a moment of realization of like, you know what, as much as I say that I'm ready for this, I didn't fully believe that I deserved that in that moment. And, and the beautiful thing is, is that even though, um, that person did turn out to be like, not that great of a person, <laughs> no. what ended up happening though, was that night he actually, he did come over. And one of the things he said was, you know, I turned the corner and I saw your face and I knew everything was going to be okay. And mm. that very much like lit up what I had written down that day. And if anything helped to prepare me for the next relationship, but now I'm in a really healthy like it's weird to say it but like partnership relationship with somebody and um, and so those exercises of just you know writing it down visualizing it meditating it you know no matter how woo-woo or not you are it helps. Because when you can see it for yourself, you can start to act on it. Even without thinking of it, you can start creating new muscle memory and muscle memory is the hardest to train, you know, whether you've gotten used to hitting your snooze button in the morning, or as I've gone on my journey of semi sobriety, I've noticed, you know, when I get to a party, first thing I'll do, where's the bathroom, where's the water, where are the dogs, where's the bar, you know, and I'll find myself, you know, my, my exit, my excuse to leave a conversation that makes me uncomfortable or that makes me anxious is, hang on, I'm going to go get another drink, you know? Yeah. And then I, I recognize me even starting to say that when I wasn't drinking.
1: <laughs> when, I'm going to grab another water. I,
0: hold on. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's been some of the inner turmoil that, that I've gone through. And now how wonderful it is that when I'm having these stories and going full circle with it, I now have a partner who I can talk to about these stories. And he can support me through it, and and see all of it for what it is. Where previously conversations like this, I would have thought I was crazy, less than, um, not good enough. This is why they're going to leave. And if anything, this is you know what he appreciates the most about me in terms of the the communication and foundation that we've set for this relationship, and that has definitely set the bar for future ones.
1: Mm-hmm. I first of all, thank you so much for sharing that, and for. Allowing us to 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 hear that and being so vulnerable and open, I really appreciate it. Second, I resonate with so much. Like every with almost every comment, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Specifically, the part where um, you mentioned how it starts to feel in your body—that was a big thing for me. I think in society, the way that our our, our current society works, we're taught to use like our mind. And our brain loves to justify and make sense of things. So you start to feel off about a certain person, like your gut's telling you this person isn't right, the situation isn't right, this opportunity isn't right, but your mind is like, oh, but on paper, they're great. Oh, but they're friends with so-and-so. Oh, but this is, you know, it ticks these three boxes, you know, and your brain is like shutting down what your body is trying to tell you, but your body is coming up with these warning signals. And so often we just ignore it until eventually it, what has been my experience, it's come out in anxiety or depression or um, like weight gain or, you know, just any um, number of. Tendency, bra- yeah. Right. Breakouts, <laughs> <We're> always, like <laughs> um,
0: abandoning your friendship, <laughs> uh, hobbies. 1000%.
1: <laughs> 1, 1000%. 1, yeah. And it's so interesting. Like, You know, tying it into the online space, I feel like, you know, as I'm sitting in this room having this amazing connection with you, but we're not in person, it's online. And so it's, I have this love hate relationship with social media. I love it because it's allowed me to meet people like you, it's allowed me to meet some of my best friends through social media. And at the same time, there's kind of this facade around it. Where I feel like you don't always get to see what's actually happening behind the scenes in people's lives. And it can be so easy for us, you know, I'm I'm 1,000% including myself in this, right, to project and portray this perfect or whatever my definition of perfect is or what I think you want to see from me rather than just being and allowing my beingness or whatever to just ooze out into the screen. Um, yeah. So I have this love-hate relationship with social media. And from what I see, I, I feel like you do such a good job. Um, I you know Obviously, I don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. And obviously, there's likely a lot of stuff that you don't share online. I'm sure of it. Um, but I feel like the stuff that you do share is done in such a – um, effortless kind of way, um, which I really appreciate.
0: Well, you mentioned the the feelings of when you know something is off. You know when you you feel that the, the how you resonated with that. With me, when I when I share, it's the opposite feeling. It's I have this this fire in my belly, this explosion in my heart, where I feel like if I don't get it off of my chest, I could die. <laughs>
1: I feel that. I feel that from you. Like one, like that is literally when I think of you, yes. When I think of your page, and whenever I see one of your posts like pop up in my feed, I feel that heart explosion. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> and it's
0: not, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with me, which is probably most of you, just do not do not be fooled. The heart explosion is not like love, rainbows, unicorns, happy. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of of you know this is what's on my heart and right now my heart is broken right now or hey this is something that i figured out and actually i don't like myself as much as i should or you know even the no bullshit no more excuses like hey like it's time to wake up it is time to stop playing small and in some cases it's things that i need to hear and tell myself mm. and and that's where it's coming from it's because Either I needed it that day, somebody I love needed it that day, or it's just this feeling like this, this just percolation, this marination, I don't even know that that just happens in my heart where I feel like there's somebody out there who really needs to hear this. And what's, what I, what I've also learned from social media is um, the first time I really felt this way, it was, it was right around when Robin Williams committed suicide and that I think was a huge, just, I think it was the first time where we started to release some of the stigmas attached to depression and suicide, because how could this person who's so happy do this to themselves? They have everything. Yeah, they're right? poor, they have kids. They're bringing <laughs> so much laughter into the world. And I'm like, yeah, I feel that, you know, because I'm very much an obnoxious, optimistic person. Yet I felt Every single one of those things, and I very much have struggled with that. Whether it's panic attacks, depression, you know, anxiety, and and it's it's beautiful that now years and years later, where I thought that was something that I would have forever, I'm I'm really seeing the other side of it. And who knows, it could come back. But you know, and it's taken over a decade to figure it out. But you know, it's it's a long it's a long thing. Um, But regardless, it was the first time where I felt like you know what, I need to share. I need to talk about how I've struggled with anxiety and depression. I need to talk about how. I had, you know, had battled an eating disorder. And I didn't go into super nitty gritty detail, which at that point, trigger alerts weren't even a thing at that point. It was just a, oh my God, what could happen if I share this? And I remember putting it out and just feeling this weight off of my chest that I didn't even know had been there for so long. And it was actually. You know, on the one hand, it was received so well privately from um, a lot of people who would reach out and send me DMs. I think at that point, I maybe had Facebook. I'm not sure if I had Instagram yet. Um, But I do remember my mom calling me, screaming, going, you know, did we not parent you well enough? Mm. No. Did we not send you to the best schools? You know, did we not offer you all of these different things? Was I a bad mom? Oh my God, you've ruined your chances of getting a job. Like you're ruining your life right now. I can't believe you would do that. You know, who do you think you are? You're not Oprah. And I was like, you know what, mom, I'm, I'm so sorry you feel that way. And it was one of the most just... Heart piercing arguments that we've ever gotten in. Like, I could count on one hand how many times I've raised my voice at my mom and that was one of them. And I know, I I felt in my heart, you know what, like you can't get upset with her because she's truly doing this out of love. And she's doing this because times for her when she was growing up were very different. She's also doing this because she has no idea what the fuck you're going through. And we're very quick to judge the things that we don't get, that we don't understand, that we can't relate to. Even for me, like if my 21 year old self would look at my 31 year old self, um, and and then the place that I'm at, where for me, I don't have food phobias in the way that I used to anymore. I don't have to, you know, I can I can eat a piece of pizza and not have to eat the whole thing. Like I, I truly <laughs> wait, wait, you can eat a piece of
1: pizza and not eat the whole thing.
0: I know it's so <laughs> weird. It's like I'm still learning victory. that. It's such a victory. Um, that's not to say that it doesn't happen from time to time, but like <laughs> you know that that my you know that I actually could. Recover again, knowing there's always you know a different journey of recover. But I, if, at 21, I've been like, that's not possible. This is just mm. my life. This is who I am. This is an addiction that this is that I will that I will forever have. Um, but I really truly believed in my heart that there was something bigger there, and that was like the domino effect of the moments where I realized that. And this is again, time back to social media. I know it feels like we took a far stretch, but we're coming back. In those moments when you feel, I wonder if I'm the only one who, you never are. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Never are. And it might feel like that and it might actually be the reality of your immediate social situation, family situation, echo chamber of whoever you surround yourself with. But there's this beautiful worldwide web that I started to entertain and play with even back in the chat rooms of like (laughs) the early 2000s (laughs) where – anytime that you feel like you're alone, you're never really alone. Anytime that you feel like you're the only one who, you're never really the only one who. And that's typically when you mention authenticity, that's usually where the gold comes from, is when you're doing something, not because everybody else is doing it, but because you genuinely feel like you might be the only one who feels a certain way. And that's when you put yourself out there and you become the first perhaps, or one of the only, and that creates the social proof to give others courage and permission or visibility to think, oh, maybe I'm not so weird after all. Maybe there isn't something wrong with me. Or maybe there is something wrong with me, but there's a solve for it. Or maybe there is something wrong with me, but that doesn't make me a bad person. Or that doesn't make me need to be so full of shame. Yeah. And so that's, that's where the heart of it is. And that the only one who – it doesn't have to be something tragic. It could be, you know, I wonder if I'm the only one who puts peanut butter on french fries. I don't know. <laughs> 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 or I'm the only one who – That actually sounds like, kind of tasty. Puts their tennis shoes in the, the washing machine, uh, you know. Um, and, and that's where that, the community happens. When you start to believe that there's more than just you in the world – Then that's when you create space for people to then find you. And you can create those connections with people who otherwise you never perhaps would have met in your everyday life. And maybe you never will. But for that moment, there's somebody who you need to meet and they become a part of your soul in a different way.
1: Mm. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the permission piece too, because I think oftentimes we. We think – and we are, right, in like a silo, especially when it comes to online. You're in a silo, right? And then you kind of put yourself out there. And what I found through my journey is, one, seeing other people sharing stuff and realizing – kind of giving myself permission to acknowledge that same feeling within myself – and then getting the courage, like you mentioned, to then share it and giving somebody else the permission to recognize that and themselves. And it does, it kind of creates this web of of connection and permission. For other people to show up as their more, you know, authentic self, and that it doesn't necessarily need to be this like deep introspective thing. I think a lot of times when people, at least I, this is what I used to think when people were like, "Well, just be authentic online." I'm like, "You want me to read my journal to people? Like, right. what?" Uh, that's what I thought it meant to be authentic and real and transparent online. You want me to share every meal I've ever had? <laughs> what? I don't understand. Like. Uh, my like deep dive diary, like journal where I'm like pouring my heart out on these pages. You want me to open that up to people? I don't get it. And, and yeah, when people be like, document your day, don't like create. I'm like, my day isn't that exciting. Like, what am I supposed to document? My dog napping on my floor, which is kind of cute. Um, but I love that you said that, you know, it can be, do you like peanut butter on your French fries? Right. Like just finding those connection points that as weird as they might be or as vulnerable as it might be and just putting it out there and giving other people an opportunity to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one who likes peanut butter on my French fries.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Even just that word, you. Mm. I always ask that question. When was the last time that in the first sentence of your caption or the first sentence of your video that you used the word you? Mm. Not everyone, not guys, not Instagram. Most of the time, actually, though, it's that it's full of I. It's full of I, 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 me, 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 me. This is what I want to do. And that does not create a conversation or community when you don't create that space for you and an intimate experience at that. And so when you talk about that connection point, that's the very first connection point is realizing there's somebody else on the other side of your screen, picture who that is. Who, who is that? And speak to them the way that you would in a conversation just like you and I are having right now where I can see you on video, but we have to practice that this piece of plastic or that little black dot, if we're going to be looking into that, or that post on your grid, You know, imagine the person on the other side of that screen. Who are they and who do they need for you to be? And how can you address them in a way that makes them feel like you're right there with them? And as far as the personal and the private, you get to decide what kind of a relationship do you have? You know, It should be one of, say, best friends, or I like to say date 50 rather than like date one or job interview one, where you're comfortable, they know you. You always have to introduce yourself though. But figure out what that relationship looks like and and speak to them in that way knowing that ultimately they want to see themselves in you mm. and and or they want to see someone who they love in you or they want to see the potential of themselves in who you are because maybe they want to be you but at least recognize there's somebody else there and speak to them like you are having a conversation not giving a super stale presentation which even presentations need to change
1: for the future but i, I die I I hate the word presentation like i i actually was teaching a workshop or whatever last week for a startup company and it was like presentation and i'm like i just it feels so stuffy yeah and and i i personally love having like a really candid conversation with people i like things to feel really fluid and organic so yeah the word Presentation. Well, on the next slide, click to the next slide in my story and you can swipe up. Slide. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. So what advice would you have? Because, you know, your background, you've been in radio, you've been, you know, online and YouTube and doing these things for a while. Was there a moment for you where you maybe, cause I know this is how it was for me when I first started like showing up on video online. It was really scary where, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I, what if they don't perceive me the way that I I'm trying to come across? Right. Cause that can happen. Um, especially in today's world, like you can accidentally say something that just comes out wrong. So I think, and I, and I know a lot of my audience comes to me with these questions. So do you have any advice for someone who's maybe having those thoughts on how they can overcome that?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of things. First of all, there's personal and there's private. You have to get personal in order to have connection and relationship. And when you think personal, it's okay. If we were getting to know each other at a networking event or a party or if I was in your car with you, what, what would we talk about? What, what would you share? How deep or not would we go? You know, what do we talk about your kids? What do we talk about relationships? What do we talk about where you like to go out? Um, You know, what are the types of things that would naturally come up? But then there's also private. There are things that you may never talk about or that you're not ready to talk about. And that is more than okay, whether it is the address on your house or something that happened to you as a child, or maybe it's your children or your spouse but I do think that it is important to have just levels of connection and even your own community where maybe you don't put your wife on camera, but maybe you talk about what it's like being in a relationship or what your relationship means to you. Maybe you don't put your kids on camera, but maybe you talk about how being a parent has changed you or how that affects your schedule because maybe you're not available from three to five because you're at carpool pickup. You know, So figuring out what that looks like and creating those boundaries and knowing that those boundaries are going to change. Um, and boundaries also means taking time away. Part of why I make things quote unquote look so easy is because I take breaks all the time. I don't post every single day. And most of the time I'm actually the friend who always forgets to take pictures and usually leaves my phone wherever we are because I don't even use it. <laughs> so there's you know, there's that piece of it. But um, But what you need to do is just Own the fact that you're probably going to suck. You're probably going to say the wrong thing. Um, It's probably going to take you a minute to get your thought across. But my favorite quote from Zig Ziglar is, you don't have to be great to begin, but you have to begin to be great. Mm. And it did take me a really – really long time to get comfortable even watching the playback of me on camera. You know, I, you were right. I worked on radio and TV. I could not listen or watch myself for five years, but I learned to, okay, I'm going to put myself out there and then I'm just going to set it and forget it. I'm not going to watch it back a million times. I'm not going to look for the hair that's out of place. I'm not going to listen to the ums and the likes and the whatever. I'm just going to let it breathe. I'm going to let myself breathe. And that's really hard, but you have to train yourself to do that like, okay, I'm going to put this out into the world and then it's done. There are little practice things that you can do where, for example, you have an Instagram story that guess what? It deletes after 24 hours. You know, Or you can put whatever filter you need to make yourself feel better about yourself that day. Although be so very careful (laughs) because then you might trick yourself into thinking that you actually look like that. And when you get a real picture back or somebody else takes your picture or you look in the mirror, you're going to feel worse about yourself. So Avoid filters if you're willing and able. And also give yourself a, a time limit or give yourself a take limit because otherwise what ends up happening is you're sitting in the same spot for eight hours and you've done like a hundred takes and you have done nothing. And so if you create a sense of urgency whether it's like, all right, I'm gonna do this in 30 minutes or I won't give myself more than you know three takes, then it creates that sense of urgency or just do it live. And do it live feels the most uncomfortable, (laughs) but you put yourself out into the world. And if you don't want to keep it up there forever, you can just delete it. And there it goes. If it helps, have someone in the room with you. One of my, my dear, dear friends, her name is Glenda Baker. She is a real estate agent in Atlanta, Georgia. And she, for some reason, she looks into the camera and her soul leaves her body. She is like, Personality, sparkles, glitter, southern accent, like cannot be matched. But for some reason, you put a camera in front of her. <laughs> gone and so her producer initially had her look at a chair and she he said you know imagine that there's somebody in this chair it just didn't make a difference so finally he got his you know assistant to sit down in the chair and now whenever she makes videos she physically talks to a person and the real Glenda comes out and she's playful and witty and fun and it's amazing um, for you though it might be not having anybody in the room but in those cases I might push you and say get somebody in the room to have to put you on the spot and somebody who you trust not somebody who's going to be picking you apart even further or noticing the things that you don't but very recently I I had to film like 8 hours worth of content for a course that I have which you've taken my my TikTok mastery course which is and- an amazing
1: course by the way
0: it's so it's I, I'm so proud of it. And we recently updated it and upgraded it. And I filmed like eight hours in one day. And as we're like putting myself up on the editing monitor, I noticed that there's like a little bat in the cave. Like I got a girl, girls got <laughs> like a burger hanging out. And I'm like it. Like I'm leaving town tomorrow. Should I should we do this whole thing again? I don't okay. Let me show this to a trusted friend and, and see what she says. I'm like, okay. I'm not going to tell you what's wrong, but I just want you to look at this and just tell me if you notice anything. And she's like, there's like this piece of dry skin that's kind of hanging by your hairline. And I'm like, (laughs) damn it. You know, but I'm, but at the same time though, I didn't notice the thing that she said and she didn't notice the thing that I said. Yeah. I went ahead and I put up all the content into the world. Guess how many people noticed? Zero. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Zero people know this. (laughs) The things that you are most insecure about, most people do not even know about unless you draw attention to it. Like no one's going to know that you're super self-conscious about your breakout or your hair, but if you're constantly touching it or fixing it, then it's going to draw attention to it. So like calm the fuck down and just hit record. It's easier every time, I promise.
1: I love I love that you said that like yes we notice everything because it's it's what's on our mind right like it's it's what we're insecure about so it's on our conscious awareness so it's what we see but nobody else will likely notice. And if they do notice, most people are more concerned with their own insecurities than they are noticing your bat in the cave or noticing yeah. like someone's hair doing something funny. And, and if they do notice it, most people just kind of move on.
0: And if they do notice it, it's probably something that they themselves are insecure about. Like yeah. I I used to like pick so many models and celebrities apart. And then I realized, oh, it's because I hate all of those things about myself. Mm. Weird. Like I wouldn't notice that about somebody or relate to it unless I have felt a certain way. That's why like, you know, so many, um, th- that's when, that's why you can hear someone, you know, th- the joke of the guy saying, yeah, I want someone who looks natural, like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, same. I love the natural look. Like, drag queen that's my natural kind of look
1: that's what you're gonna yes. get I woke up like this yeah yes. oh my gosh
0: that is my natural I do like my aesthetic is Kim Kardashian and drag queens. that's how I learned how to do makeup so whenever someone's like oh I like like you put on so much makeup I'm
1: like yes this I like it this way yes this is this is my aesthetic this, this is, is my, my choice this
0: is my natural look is is everything but eyeshadow <laughs>
1: Um, same actually, because then it, you know, it looks like you have nothing on because there's no like glitter eyeshadow. And even if there is glitter eyeshadow, some people still think that that's natural and how you just rolled out of bed. Right. So I'm trying to tie it back. You had said something before and I wish that I wrote it down because it was really poignant. Um, but I want to dig into, kind of how what we perceive in other people, especially online, because you had mentioned um, picking models apart. and, And it's because it's what you felt insecure about yourself. And, you know, so often we can see other people online and we get triggered by them. Right, Mm -hmm. And it's like you're scrolling and all of a sudden you see this person and now you were feeling great because you scrolled past your post and it was like, yes, you're pumping me up. I feel amazing. And then I swipe a couple more and I see somebody and I'm comparing myself to them. And now all of a sudden it's like you go down this rabbit hole of I'm, you know, five pages down their page, like zooming in and like – yeah. It's wild, and do you have any advice for people that can kind of get sucked down this comparisonitis space?
0: Yeah. Well, a couple of things. One, when I accidentally started my career on social media now 11 years ago on this little platform called YouTube, and it was little at the time. Google didn't own YouTube. It was not a verb. Influencer was not a job title ever and their mom did not have a blog. I had a blog at the time that I had to explain to people what a blog was. <laughs> It no longer exists, by the way, so don't try to dig down that rabbit hole. But you can still see my makeup tutorials, some of them that I was um, not too self-conscious to remove at the time. Um, But I, I remember finding these extraordinarily average teenagers who had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of subscribers, and nobody was talking about it. And I saw a window of opportunity there, but also just like this curiosity of, I don't understand. Like, let me say these two words again, extraordinarily average, okay? Where I was growing up in the world of production, trying to get a career in television, you know, trying to be camera ready all the time and perfect and whatever. Here are these teenagers who are showing up makeup-free, broken out, masks on, rambling and rambling, horrible camera quality, like what? There's no way that they themselves were able to create this community. So my instinct was, okay, how often are they posting? How long are their videos? What are they titling their videos? You know, looking at all of the different algorithmic possibilities. It took me way too long to realize that, wait a minute, this has nothing to do with their tactics. And in fact, if you were to ask them, how did this happen? They would have been like, I have no idea. And I would have been like, well, I have an idea. (laughs) Because you're uploading. And my thought was, well, it's because they're uploading weekly. But really, it's because they keep coming back. Or it's because you are creating a transformation. Or because, you know, you are um, manufacturing a situation. When really, it's that they were showing up as themselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Whether it
0: was makeup-free or brokenhearted, you know, I would have looked at it. Well, it's clickbait because I was working in celebrity news at the time. No, it's because this is actually what's happening in their lives, and these are the lives that are connecting them. Everybody has a face. Everybody has a heart. I'll say that again. Everyone has a face. Everyone has a heart. And they were creating community without even trying. Every single video they were making for their viewers, and in their videos, they were introducing them to a cast of characters, whether it was their siblings, their significant others, or collaborations with one another. And so where we get really caught up and even, you know, don't be fooled. Even though I say my aesthetic is Kim Kardashian, I show up makeup free with acne on my face all the time. Um, And I have no problem doing that. But here's the thing. At the time when I was going through and picking these people apart and trying to understand what the fuck it was that was connecting them to people and getting them all these subscribers and money and selling out product, um, I I would beat them up constantly. I don't get it. They suck. They're so bad. And a a, a light switched when I was like, well, but you're not doing it. You know, you're not doing it. Yeah. Like, they're doing it. They're even – or perhaps especially because of all of the things that you're saying, they're still showing up every week, every day, consistently. Like, where so many of us get caught up in the I'm not ready – So maybe you post once and then it's six months before your next post. And then it's three months before your next one. And then maybe you have a week and then you. So the reality is, and now that I'm in this place of comfort, consistency, and career is the people who are doing it are not talking shit about other people. Hmm. They're worried about themselves. They know what it's like to be in that square one and they know the progress to get to where they've gotten. So they're not going to shit on somebody for trying, hopefully. Yeah. You know, because they're worried about going to the next thing. When you get caught in the, to that place of comparison, ultimately it's that the only difference between you and someone you're comparing yourself to is they're doing it. They got started. But because they're doing it and they got started, that means that they've paved the way for you in some respects, that what you want to do is possible and that they perhaps could actually be your best collaboration rather than your best competition. And one of the best things that I did even in the last year was, you know, I would see that on TikTok because TikTok's a relatively new platform. And I would see other people who were growing and faster or getting that viral video or that hit or that hit. And I would automatically in my mind go competition competition i got i have to be better than her i have to be better than him da, 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 da. the best thing that i did was when i would have those feelings i would reach out introduce myself and create a connection which would then turn into a friendship which would then turn into now a peer group where i have a group of of women who i met on tiktok and our conversations are about money business hiring contracts. How much did you get for this contract? Do you think I could ask for more for this? Can I see what your contract looks like? And now all of us are growing and significantly because we put that together internally versus looking at each other from afar, wondering what was on the other side of that, or automatically creating an enemy out of that person who is, you know, they've now become some of my best friends.
1: I got chills when you said, you're triggered or I put the word in trigger, but like you see somebody and you start to compare and rather than go down that rabbit hole, you reach out to them. Like that is such a, um, I mean, I talk a lot about mindset and stuff in, in my business and in my coaching. And it's, that's such like a, when I talk about like you're, you're, um, getting past your comfort zone, it kind of feels like a bubble that's a, a balloon that's about to pop. That's popping the balloon, right? Like that's feeling that edge, and leaning into it and just saying, you know what? This this is a bullshit story that we're no longer subscribing to that narrative. Let's change the narrative. And reaching out to them and I love that by you reaching out to some of these people, they've now become not your competition but your best collaborators. That's such that's such a good a good nugget and a good mindset shift on No, it's not competition. And yes, because they're doing it, that means you can do it too. Like they've, like you said, have paved the way to show you that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I find too that like if I see something in somebody else and I get that like twinge of jealousy, it's showing me what I want. So I'm like, okay, now I see it. I see that that is something that I want. I see that it's now possible because they're doing it. They have it. They've done it. Okay. And I haven't taken that step to then reach out to them. I'm going to now. So thank you. And everybody listening, I encourage you to do the same because that's such a powerful shift. And like we said at the very beginning of this conversation, it's It's a way to use social media to foster deeper connections and to potentially find some lifelong friends and to talk about real shit with other people like money and breaking down some of those barriers and the stereotypes of, you know, like, like, especially in like the quote unquote influencer world of how much people are getting paid for this and how much people are getting paid for that. It's like, let's just break that down and have that conversation. Which I, I just, I literally, like I got chills when you said that. It resonated so hard. So thank you.
0: And you see it so often, like I hate to put genders around it, but you see it a lot with like guys. Like you look at the ways that they move in packs and they have these, you know, masterminds or collaborations. And like, you really don't see that visibly with a lot of women. So much so that when, you know, Taylor Swift came out with her wolf pack, however many years ago, like that was so significant. It
1: was you know it was like groundbreaking.
0: Right. It like shook the world. And yeah. so it's it's so necessary. And the other thing too is perhaps it was because I I my career was fostered in the entertainment industry that I always kind of looked at um you know, perhaps some of these groupings as like casts, you know, okay, well we can have a blonde person because the person who is casting for the blonde would never hire the Latina or the person who wants the serious person would never hire the funny person. So as long as you have like those different people, then they are not your competition.
1: Mm. And how beautiful
0: it is though. Well, first of all, that realization of First of all, recognizing that someone who would hire you probably wouldn't hire the other person. And it's not personal, they're just looking for something else. But how wonderful it is that now, for example, one of my best friends who I met from TikTok, her name is Lisette. And like her, she and I could not be more aligned in our philosophies. We regurgitate a lot of what the other says. She's Latina. I'm Latina. Like we just, we have so many different similarities. Um, but yet we have this relationship of you need something, I will be there. You know, I will recommend you. You're not in the room, I will say your name. You know, I will pull, I will push people to you because I know you will also push people to me. Or even if you don't, like because I just believe in you and I think you're awesome, and I don't believe that by by giving someone credit or by pushing people a different way or asking for that plus one that it's in any way taking away from me at all. And if anything shows what my values are in creating community of opportunity and not just for
1: personal gain. I'm like raising the roof over here, hands to the ceiling, like all the snaps, all of like the... Fire emojis, all of the unicorn emojis. Um, shoo, yeah. <laughs> what like are you feeling right now, it looks like you're getting emotional over here. I, I kind of am. If I'm being totally honest, I kind of am. I think because, wow, like I, I, I grew up with a lot of like sisterhood wounds, and I think like a lot of women have. Yeah. And it's taken a really long time for me to I grew up dancing like competitive dancing. I was always around so many women and we were competing against other you did dancing too? Yeah. Yeah. Girl, we gotta go dancing. I don't know. Let's go take a dancing class. Um but yeah, like you'd be competing against other studios, but then you'd be competing against each other mm-hmm. for that, for the lead or for the solo or for the this or for the that for the attention, right? Like you, we were always being put against each other. So that's the narrative that I've grown up with and just realizing, you know, mo- more so in like the last couple years of like, that's not authentic to me and that's not what I want. And that's not the relationships that I want to have in my life. So how can I change that story for myself and not just change it for myself, but help to change it for like the collective as well, like help to break down some of those barriers between other women and create that, that Taylor Swift wolf pack and make it not this like thing that breaks the internet down, but that it is this true everyday thing where you can be with somebody like you were saying with your, your friend, Lisette, is her name, mm-hmm. who is like, uh, you know, you as like a a double, right? Like how you can find somebody who is you and not feel that, that competition and feel that true sisterhood where, yes, I want to raise you up as much as I want to raise myself up. I want to raise you up more and not in a way that, that I'm going to dim my light. I just want you to fucking shine. Right. Right.
0: It's, a beautiful thing. And I very much can relate to so many of those different wounds from whether it was dance or, you know, the Midwest, the passive aggressive Midwest <laughs> or, or Minnesota nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that disguise. What is, was.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. We're coming to the end and Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times for this conversation. I feel like I truly just can't shine your praises enough. You've been working now. I know. I'm like, and we're let's go take a dance class. Like, legitimately, there's actually a studio in town that teaches twerking classes, which I've been wanting to take. And like, girl wants to get down, so let's do that. Um, Do you have any parting? I mean, you've given so many nuggets already, but do you have any parting words? Like, um, of course, I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes, like where they can find you. Um, for those of you who aren't following her, highly recommend following her on on all the platforms. You are on pretty much all the platforms. Um, your free Facebook group, get in there, get all the nuggets. Um, but do you have any any parting words that you would like to give? Give people.
0: Not, you know, it, it's even a testament of, of the way that I coach with action forward method, but you know, you come to me and you think that what you want help with is social media, but really what it is, is you want help finding your voice. And the reality is you already have everything you need. You don't need this microphone. You don't need a team. You don't need a fancy equipment. You don't need a logo or a website. It's, it's all in the room that you're in right now <laughs> in the vessel that is carrying you around right now and um and you're gonna be more than okay as long as you're you're willing to to look in and sometimes it's challenging and hard, but and thank goodness for that though you know you already have everything
1: you need mm, that's so beautiful, and it's so true. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you a million thank times you. This has been great. And I'm going to message you about twerk classes.
0: No, I'm serious. I totally will. I'm totally down.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm not Nick. joking. Yeah. <laughs> Girl needs to like shake her booty a little bit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Um, My, yeah, no, my partner loves to dance, like Latin dance. And I've like
1: forgotten how to move my body. Like, I don't even know what to do with it. So
0: yeah. <laughs> that's what I'll hips. be working
1: on. Yeah. And as girls who grew up dancing, we got to dance. Yes. Yes, love. Thank you for listening to the Inner BS Podcast. Send me a DM to let me know how much you loved this episode. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. Take a screenshot and then email to hello at innerbeautyschool.co to receive a free Inner BS sticker pack and be entered to win a free membership to the Inner Beauty School campus for a full year. Remember, you are Cosmic Stardust. You get to flip the tables on the status quo and pave your own way.